Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. Today, we are exploring one of our personal fave topics to talk about, the menstrual cycle, and more specifically, how it affects our training and how we can use our training and nutrition to work with the natural ebbs and flows that come with our cycle. This is a really good one for menstruating folks, as well as those who have menstruating loved ones. So we're looking at you dudes. This is a good one for you to pay attention to so you know what's going on with your partner, your friends, your family. And same goes for coaches. There'll be some takeaways for everybody here. So on this episode, we're going to explore kind of an overview of the menstrual cycle. We'll go through the main phases and hormones. Um, but for this episode, this is just more of a broad overview, and we'll definitely cover some of this in more depth in the future. We'll also talk about potential symptoms or changes to look out for, and then get into some of the ways to adapt your training and nutrition to flow more naturally with your cycle, ultimately to be supportive for your goals, for your body, for yourself. Yes, and this is definitely a super nuanced topic. Um, it's one that we chat about a lot with our clients on the gram, et cetera. So we will be hitting on it in future episodes as well. Um, so for today, we're just going to kind of get right into it. So when we talk about the menstrual cycle, understanding how it works and how it affects us specifically is important for a number of reasons. Firstly, we are not taught about our menstrual cycle. Like the amount that we know now is it's, a, it's crazy to think about how little we were taught growing up. Um, but our cycle health is, it really acts like a, a monthly report card. So we can learn a lot about our health by tracking our cycle, understanding how it impacts us, paying attention to our symptoms, et cetera. And then lastly, there's lots of ways that we can make small adjustments to our nutrition, our training, our lifestyle that can support a healthy cycle um, and reduce any of like the negative symptoms that we experience throughout, especially the luteal phase. <laughs> um, so yeah, super important. And I think it's a topic that lots of us want to learn more about um, and should learn more about, and it's going to help us make more informed decisions about what's best for our body. So um, with that, we do want to mention that this is definitely a growing field of research, okay? There is not a ton of research done on women. Lots of research is done on men because it's easier to control for variables because they don't have the same fluctuations in hormones that we have. So there's a lot of inconclusive studies, um, lots of qualitative work still um, coming out as the field grows. So 
when we're talking about this stuff, it's really important to recognize that everyone is going to experience differently. Okay. We hear from so many women that they feel really impacted by their cycle and we can't ignore that. Okay. Despite what the research is really coming out as right now. So with what we're going to share today, take it as it applies to you and your specific situation. There's no like black and white here. It's all learning to build awareness in how our body functions and how we feel our best and taking the steps that we need to support ourselves through that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So maybe let's chat then about just an overview of the cycle for those that are unfamiliar with some of the terminology we're going to use. It might be good to break it down for folks. So in general, when we're talking about the menstrual cycle, considering what would be like a quote unquote normal cycle, we're looking at approximately like 28 to 38 days in general, but realistically anything from around 21 to 35 days in length is considered pretty regular. So regardless of where you or the people you know fall in that, we're generally breaking that say 28-ish days down into two main phases. Um, the first phase is the follicular phase, which lasts about 14 days. And the day one of your follicular phase starts your full cycle. So day one is the first day of bleeding on your period. So your period will last something like three to five days within your follicular phase. And then your follicular phase goes all the way up until August ovulation, which is around day 14, again, if we're referring to that like 28-day cycle. Some might have shorter follicular phases, others might be a little bit longer. Um, but in general, when we talk about the follicular phase, it's considered to be the low hormone phase. Not that there are no hormones at play, um, but when we're looking at the levels of estrogen and progesterone, which are the two main hormones that we'll kind of talk about as we move through the rest of this conversation, those are at their lowest points, especially at the very beginning of the follicular phase. So it might sound a little strange, but during your period, the female physiology is actually most like a man's in the sense that our progesterone and estrogen levels are at their lowest point. So as we get through our period um, and go through the potential like symptoms that sometimes come with that, for some people it's lower energy, there's some cramping, maybe headaches. When we're moving through that, um, estrogen is like slowly then increasing, progesterone stays low throughout the whole first phase. Um, but right before ovulation, estrogen kind of peaks and then takes a sharp decline right before ovulation. So that's kind of what's going on with those two main hormones there. Um, do you want to talk about ovulation then? Day 14-ish. Yeah. So in the middle of our cycle, we experience ovulation, which is when our body releases an egg. Okay. And again, this can be highly individualized. Some people can experience symptoms at this time, um, moodiness, cramping, etc. Um, other people won't necessarily notice any differences. But what happens after this phase is it's basically all downhill from here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we move into, after ovulation, we move into the luteal phase, okay, which is day, whatever day comes after ovulation, yeah, 15-ish, until our, our period starts again, okay? So generally the last two weeks of our cycle before we start bleeding again. Um, and in the luteal phase, what happens is, our hormones start to increase, okay? Estrogen and progesterone are higher and that comes with a lot of different symptoms for many of us. Um, so it's considered 
the high hormone phase compared to the follicular phase. So why don't we go into a little bit about progesterone and estrogen? Yeah. Yeah. Progesterone first, maybe? Yeah. So progesterone is a steroid reproductive hormone. It is it is released or produced by a temporary gland called the corpus luteum. Okay. Also why it's called the luteal phase. It's based off the corpus luteum, which is a gland that forms after ovulation. Okay. Progesterone is super beneficial for our mood. It has a calming effect. Okay. It also has positive influences on our metabolism, bone health, and overall health. Benefits of progesterone include reduced inflammation, helps with muscle development and growth. It can have calming effects on the nervous system, um, also helping us improve our sleep, and it can result in improved ability to cope with stress. So even though we can kind of have negative outlooks on what happens in the luteal phase, progesterone is a very great hormone for us. And if individuals are experiencing low progesterone, they are going to um, have some negative outcomes from that. Yeah. And I mean, a big one here is progesterone is needed for pregnancy. So if we are not ovulating, we are not producing that increased level of progesterone, which is produced to support a baby. So if we're not ovulating, so if we're on a birth control that prevents ovulation, um, if there's some sort of dysregulation or something going on with our cycle that is preventing us from ovulating, then we're not producing that increased level of progesterone and we're going to see some fertility issues. Um, Okay, so the second hormone there then um, that we'll talk about is estrogen or estradiol. Um, It's an estrogen hormone produced by the ovarian follicles. It's known as the happy hormone as it has huge benefits to mood and libido due to its ability to boost serotonin and dopamine. Um, We also need it to support healthy bones and muscle growth, healthy brain, heart, and skin, and again, has benefits for sleep and metabolism. Then we have two other hormones that also fluctuate throughout this cycle, follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH, which stimulates the ovarian follicle follicles, which causes the egg to mature. So FSH is higher in the follicular phase leading up to ovulation. Okay. And then it will drop down. Luteinizing hormone controls the release of the egg from the ovary, which triggers ovulation. So LH levels also remain low throughout the cycle with the exception of the spike just prior to ovulation to help with the release of the egg. So, I mean, there are some caveats here. Then if you are on hormonal birth control, we're generally going to see a change to these natural fluctuations. Um, Most hormonal birth controls work to kind of regulate or keep your hormones all at a baseline level. So you're not going to see these big dips. So once we've kind of like checked out what's going on with the cycle. We're familiar with the two phases, the follicular phase, the event of ovulation, um, and the second half of the luteal phase. Let's talk then about like what might be going on personally um, as individuals, what we see with our clients during those different phases and why it's important to kind of be able to track and know where you're at um, so we can start to draw conclusions about what's going on for ourselves and ultimately make some you know, small adjustments or lifestyle considerations that can help improve 
everything from training to mood, sometimes relationships, all of the above as we move through the different ebbs and flows of the cycle. For sure. There it's really important to recognize that this is different for everyone. So starting to track your cycle using an app like Clue or Flow is a good one. Yeah, Flow um, is really, really helpful um, to because then you can start to identify where your symptoms are, identify your shifts in energy, mood, hunger, motivation, et cetera, and start to take the steps necessary. So we're kind of going to flip ahead. So we're going to assume, okay, we're tracking our cycle. We're understanding kind of where the ebbs and flows are in all of these factors. So now knowing that, what can we start to do in terms of our nutrition and training in order to help and lifestyle in order to kind of help combat that. So why don't we start with the follicular phase? Totally. So aside from the cramps and maybe lower energy or different effects that you might feel from your period, again, remember the period launches the follicular phase and is going to last around like three to five days of that. Um, So aside from any kind of negative effects we might see specifically from the period, most menstruating folks feel really good overall in this first two weeks. We see higher energy, greater performance, um, ability to really push hard, go after harder intensity workouts, lift heavier. We generally have like a higher perception even of our own strength and coordination. So training usually feels awesome. In terms of nutrition, hunger and cravings are usually pretty controllable or at bay as long as we're already keeping good tabs on our nutrition. So we don't necessarily have to make any major adjustments there. Um, Our mood, motivation are again relatively stable. Um, And for some folks, um, due to what's going on with our water retention um, and that balance, a lot of us are going to feel leaner, lighter, um, especially after we've finished our period. So a note for those of you who are focusing on body composition or weight loss, um, remember that when we are taking progress pictures or comparing our weights, we want to be comparing where you're at in the cycle to where you're at in the next cycle. Comparing week one to week two of your cycle might not be a fair comparison. So we want to be comparing like week one of your cycle to week one instead of week one to week four when you might be seeing some changes in like bloating, inflammation, things like that. Um, so while you might feel great and be like feeling super lean, don't get discouraged if in a few weeks you might have a different perception of how your body image is showing up. For sure. Um, when we are on that same note, if you are in a deficit or working towards body composition goals, the follicular phase from a nutrition standpoint is a really great time to focus on adherence and actively pursuing that deficit, right? Um, It's a time where we don't have as high of cravings generally. It's easier for us to adhere to lower calories. So really trying to stay focused and adhere adhere as much as possible during that time is generally beneficial. Um, And as always, just continuing to focus on meal timing, nutrient intake, and hydration to really make the most of your training in this phase, right? That is regardless of whether you're in a deficit or not. um, That's generally what we're going to be focusing on nutrition wise in this phase. Nothing really any, like nothing crazy has to change at all. Um, And then in terms of training, our energy strength and capacity is high. So it's really a great time to push hard in the gym, to lift heavy, to go for PRs, um, to prioritize like your higher intensity training, 
et cetera. Okay. If competitions fall in this time, that's awesome. Um, so it's a really good time to be pushing it in the gym. Okay. Um, that's pretty much it, I guess, for follicular things are, things roll in follicular. Life is good. good. A lot of our clients will put in their check-ins like I'm in my follicular phase, just like feeling myself, like crushing in the gym, nutrition's on point, feeling so great in my body. And we love to hear this. Um, So we want to take as much of that energy as we can and then work to bring that into the luteal phase, which is often where we see more kind of negative or unfavorable changes start to occur. So as we move out of that awesome feel good follicular phase and into ovulation, this is where it kind of, it's very independent. So we see some clients, um, ourselves included, feel like, ooh, ovulation hits and like, ooh, something's off. Like either hunger skyrockets, energy plummets, cravings jump in, or sometimes like mood significantly changes. Mm -hmm. And for other folks, ovulation is an awesome time. They feel great. They're alive. They feel super sexy. Um, And those, that hormone rise for the estrogen and then that drop that does something positive for them. So this is one to kind of check in with yourself um, and notice like when you're tracking your cycle, what happens around ovulation? How do I feel? Do I need to do anything different to support myself? Um, So we'll kind of leave that there. Um, Just saying it's an individual experience and you can push it if you're still feeling great or you can kind of roll back any training or things like that if you need to, to support yourself fully. And then moving from ovulation into the luteal phase, dun, dun, dun. Okay, what we call our hashtag luteal as fuck. Yeah. Um, you'll see we use that a lot in our social media to just talk about it without, we want to talk about it and acknowledge like the changes without, without it being something that's like a deterrent. Like we want to acknowledge it and work with it and be like, yeah, I'm in my luteal phase, but here I am still pushing through, crushing it, doing what I can to not just push through training, but to really support ourselves, our body and feel our best regardless of what's kind of going on. Yeah. Yeah. So the luteal phase is generally when we're going to start seeing those PMS PMS symptoms creep in, right? Um, This can start anywhere from around day 18-ish, sometimes even earlier, and then go to either all the way through till when we get our period, or maybe it just lasts kind of like in that middle portion of those two weeks. Um, Again, depends on the individual, okay? So symptoms that we often experience are going to include bloating, tender breasts, um, increased hunger, and like very specific cravings lots of us struggle with, generally just lower energy, sluggishness, um, in the gym, lower capacity for movement in general, heavier weights, pushing hard in Metcons, et cetera. Um, we're more prone to overheating during workouts. Um, lots of us experience mood irritability no. and changes. <laughs> yeah, no changes in our motivation. Okay. Um, and then soreness can be increased during this phase and just slower recovery in general. So those are all symptoms that we want to be aware of. Um, and based on what we are experiencing, then move into some of these nutrition and training considerations based on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like a long list of super shitty things. Yeah. I think it's probably <laughs> rare that an individual is feeling all of those, but certainly you might. Um, in general, if our like training and nutrition are pretty well like on par, we can alleviate some of those things, mm-hmm. especially through like simple adjustments in hydration and stuff. So let's talk about kind of 
some more specific nutrition considerations for someone who was like dieting first. So if you were in a calorie deficit, um, we know that hunger is going to play a role at some point in that um, phase. So as Sarah mentioned before, in the luteal phase, hunger, cravings, that kind of stuff in general increases because through the hormone increases of progesterone and estrogen, our BMR and our actual metabolism increases in this phase. So it makes sense that we're feeling hungrier. But if we're in a deficit, we have to be managing that. Um, so there's a few considerations there. I mean, we can definitely work on the types of foods we're eating and making sure that we're adding a lot of higher volume, high quality foods, um, getting enough fiber, managing hydration and things like that. Things that we would um, work with anybody in a deficit just to manage hunger in general. But if you were someone who was feeling significantly impacted this by this phase every month, it might be time to consider like, hey, maybe we should take an intentional diet break. Maybe it's like a few days, maybe it's on training days. There's a lot of different ways to tackle it, but this is kind of what we talk about when we're looking at like nutrition periodization and how we can make small um, adjustments or utilize things like diet breaks, refeeds, um, free meals, even things like that to really help balance like, yes, we're still working towards our goals, but we're also still supporting our bodies and giving it what it needs. Mm -hmm. So we could be really intentional here. We could increase carbs specifically on training days or in order to maximize performance. We could increase carbs on rest days to maximize recovery. Um, again, if we're using the scale as a metric of change, be careful not to be comparing your weight during that like specifically like higher bloating, maybe um, around day like 20, we'll say, mm -hmm. to a different day in your cycle. We want to be comparing like week to week. So do note that. Um, and if you're pursuing weight loss, don't get discouraged by that. Um, so speaking maybe more broadly then outside of just someone who's in a deficit, some general considerations. Um, we really want to be prioritizing pre and post workout, specifically carbs, um, as that will definitely help if we are someone who's still wanting to do CrossFit or push the high intensity. Um, we might feel like we have a lower um, threshold or ability to push, but still making the most of having like an adequate uh, carb supply glycogen stores to really fuel those workouts will be one of the best ways to support that. Um, we also want to be really focusing on protein, specifically in a post-workout, um, because we need to be getting enough leucine. Uh, leucine is an amino acid that's really important for muscle protein synthesis, um, and our process in uh, creating muscle and repairing, recovering does change in the luteal phase. And so making sure that we're getting adequate protein um, through meals throughout the day, yes, um, but definitely as a post-workout will really help that process along. Um, so you might want to increase your total intake. You might want to be more specific about it. Um, anything else there for nutrition in the luteal phase? Just about hydration and electrolytes um, can be helpful in managing bloating. So lots of our clients will make a consistent effort to drink more water and we might be adding electrolytes to water. We might be adding some salt, et cetera, just to help with water retention um, and also to help with regulating body temperature during workouts, um, especially as we move into the summer season. Very, very important um, for anyone who does workouts outside, runners, et cetera. 
But that is pretty much it for nutrition. So why don't we pop into training considerations? Um, so with training, again, super individual, but some of us are going to feel better doing different types of movement during this phase, specifically maybe mixing in some lower intensity movement, like walking, yoga, um, swimming, those types of things. Um, working on like some longer aerobic or skill work in the gym um, might be supportive versus like short, high intensity Metcon type stuff or super heavy lifting. Um, we also like to consider using RPE or rate of, perce rate of perceived exertion to move through workouts in this phase. So instead of trying to hit an 80% snatch, maybe we're working to an eight out of 10 effort or RPE that day, whether that actually correlates to 80% of our one rep max, who knows? Okay. But that can be a helpful way to move through weightlifting or strength type workouts um, without feeling like that frustration if we can't hit those percentages that we are supposed to or that are programmed for us. Um, adding in some extra rest days as needed can always be supportive during this phase. And then um, making sure we're managing our overall energy and stress. That's going to be super helpful because our workouts, as much as we probably use them for stress <laughs> relief, they are a stress on our body. Um, so if we're if we're working hard to manage our energy and stress outside of the gym, that's going to carry over to feeling better in the gym during this phase as well. Um, and if you're working with a coach or a personal trainer and you feel comfortable, let them know where you're at and what your capacity is during this time. And there's always like little shifts that can be made. Um, I think that this is becoming a more like it's not a taboo topic anymore. You know, it's something that we need to be talking about and it's important. Um, so hopefully everyone feels comfortable talking to their coaches about this. Um, and I mean, it just, I guess, depends on the relationship you have with your coach, but we talk, we've talked to a lot of actually male coaches and helping them understand this stuff, right. So that they can work with their female athletes. So Pretty it's, awesome to see, actually. It's like yeah. I've got some female clients working with male performance coaches, um, and it's awesome that they're saying like, hey, he checked in with me this week, and he was like, where are you at in your cycle? How are you feeling? Or if I'm, for me personally, I have a really good relationship with my coach, and so if I'm like just not feeling the workout he programmed me for me, I'll usually leave a note like, yo, dude, Ludiel as fuck over here. Like, I went for a walk instead and he messages back. He's like, awesome. Let's see what you feel like tomorrow. If it's like, if you've got the capacity, let's do it. If not, here's an alternative workout. Um, so sometimes programming things like alternative or recovery workouts or giving you the option to choose between things um, can be really helpful and really empowering to be able to check in with yourself and not just like go off of, you know, what's written. There's definitely a time and place to be like so focused. You're doing the programming regardless. Um, but in those cases, if you're still feeling shitty and just like slogging through things, maybe you need to be making some consider or <laughs> some nutrition considerations there. Blah, 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 blah. Lost the word. Um, but I think as much as we talk about like the luteal phase being um, having some negative impacts to our training, none of this is to say that it's not possible. Like just because we're in the luteal phase doesn't mean that we're not strong, that we're not capable, that we can't perform to our maximum ability. There are definitely 
weeks or months where like I hear from other people who are like, hey, I just PR'd in my luteal phase. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if we think like bigger scale, there are Olympic athletes who are working out and performing and going after gold medals while they're either like on their period or in their luteal phase. So what we don't want this to be is become like a self, um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. <laughs> prophecy where we're like, oh shit, I'm in the luteal phase and therefore my training has to suck. By no means does it has to have to suck. Um, and in fact, we can do a lot of good stuff and change the way that we feel about ourselves, about our performance, just by doing things like maybe eating a little bit more, taking a little bit of rest, balancing our energy or stress in different ways. Um, so there's so much we can do, um, and it's just about getting to know yourself first, understanding your cycle and what you need, and then being able to start advocating for that. For sure. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal. Um, that's our goal in these conversations that we have, whether it's here or on Instagram or in one-on-one -on -one settings with our clients is we want you to have the information at hand and to have the tools to build that awareness for yourself. Because like we said, everyone experiences this differently. The way that Nicola and I both experience our cycle is completely different from the way that you're going to experience your cycle, right? So building that awareness and really finding what works for you, um, understanding the changes in the hormones that happen, but also knowing that like we're not doomed in our luteal phase, you know, um, is really important. And also the research is inconclusive right now. So there's not a ton of science or evidence behind this right but it doesn't it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist for us and we can't take these steps to make the best out of our cycle and start working with it so yeah we hope you guys learned a lot from this episode um we're gonna wrap it up yeah, I mean, this is kind of like our quick and dirty explanation of things. Um, we're definitely going to do episodes in the future where we talk more specifically to coaches and how coaches, whether you're a performance and like training coach or if you're a nutrition coach, how you can support your clients through this um, with different considerations in terms of, like Sarah said, RPE, alternative workouts or diet breaks. Um, carb cycling, things like that for your clients. Um, and if you just got a few takeaways for yourself or for loved ones today, um, we'd love to hear about how you're implementing it. You can always reach out to us on social media, share anything, um, go to our website, send us an email. Um, I'm on Instagram at Nicola Spencer. Sarah is at Sarah Cod Fit. And together we are Paradigm Nutrition and that's Paradigm Nutrition underscore. Um, feel free to find us on social media and we can connect with you there. We also have a free guide on our website, paradigmnutrition.net, where we kind of run through this and all of the nutrition and training considerations as well. So you can download that on the website. And we got to end with our fuck yes and fuck no's. Oh, okay. I got a fuck yes. Is it period related? Uh, I've got a fuck no about period related. <laughs> Which one do you want? Uh, you choose. Okay, well, I'm going to do... Uh, I don't know. You go first. <laughs> well, I was going to say something completely unrelated to periods just okay. because... I was going to say fuck yes to having a dog at the office. But my dog today, it's so soothing. She just checked in on me every once in a while. Um, but my fuck no was going to be, it's something I want to love. I want to love menstrual cups. I was going to say that for my fuck yes. I knew, yeah. I knew you were. We have 
a different relationship with them. I personally have never found one that's like fit TMI. Yeah. Um, but you love it. I don't know. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what a menstrual cup is, look into it. We won't go into detail here, but um, yeah, for like someone who does CrossFit exercises a lot, it's been amazing for me to not have to change a tampon like three times in a workout. And yeah, I just love it. But it does take some time to get used to. Use it out. No. Heavy squats, handsome push-ups. It just feels like it stays way better than a tampon. <laughs> I I just can't. Um, but environmentally, I'd love to be able to. So maybe yeah. that'll be my goal to make it to make the menstrual cup a fuck yes. <laughs> there's uh there's so many <clears throat> whoa. whoa. There are so many different ones. So maybe it's just a matter of finding one that you like. I hope yeah. so. Okay, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in today. We're going to log off. Um, If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to give us a review. It helps us just reach more people um, and let us know that you're actually enjoying what we're talking about here. So yeah, we appreciate you. Have an awesome day and happy periods.